It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, September 26th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that's got an actual preseason game to talk about. Interesting. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello once again. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with prospect expert Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you will keep up with all of our episodes and Flyers news. Sometimes we live tweet games, all that good stuff. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. We do a weekly mailbag. So if you want your question answered, send them in. On today's show, we are going to talk about training camp as well as that first preseason game against the Boston Bruins. Plus, we've got an update on some prospects from Russ, and we will have our nemesis of the week. So jam-packed show today. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. We're over on YouTube as well, so subscribe there as well. So uh, interesting strategy, Russ, that John Tortorella was taking in terms of coaching and lineups for the preseason. And he set up a system where Ian LaPerriere and the Phantoms crew of Jason Smith and Riley Armstrong. We're going to coach the first two preseason games. Then he'll have the assistant coaches in Bradshaw and Rocky Thompson coach the next two games. And then he would coach the last two games. And I thought that was an, an interesting approach to take it just so we can get different perspectives, I think, on some of the guys. I wouldn't have minded it if it was just for one game for the train the trainer kind of thing. It's another corporate thing that's been done a million times. But what I don't like is by the time he's behind the bench, he's not going to be coaching, you know, 30% of these prospects that are in camp. And I think they could benefit from actually getting coached directly from him. And they're not going to receive that. They're just going to whatever they get in practice, whatever that's it. That's their only contact that that's going to be with Torts to go for the year. and. I don't love it. That's a really interesting point. And uh, we'll get to it when we talk about the training camp practices portion of it a little bit later. But uh, I felt a little similarly about that part of it as well with the assistant coaches doing the bulk of the work. Now, they tend to do that in practice in general in, in the NHL. So that's nothing different. But I think you're right in that the players can really benefit from more direct time with John Tortorella. Um, The other interesting thing that Torts did was basically through the whole list of 70 some odd prospects to Chuck Fletcher and the scouting team and said, who do you want to see in this first game and uh, had them pick the lineup in terms of who would get a chance to play and really show what they've got. And so Chuck Fletcher really picked, you know, the, the PTO guys and then mm-hmm. prospects that really had to 
step it up, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit. And then some of the young guys that spent some time with the Flyers last year. I thought it was an uh, interesting combination uh, of players that, that got the call for that first game. It was interesting for sure. I didn't mind it. The only thing is, is though, for a team that's struggling to sell tickets, when they, John Tortorella is asked who's in the lineup, you know, don't say you don't know. Like, this is your team. So it doesn't look great to the average fan saying, I don't know who's in the game. Ask those guys. They're making the lineup. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's the guy in charge. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like coordinate with them. That's what you need to coordinate. You can't just hand it off and say, you guys pick who you want and then go into a press conference and not know who's playing pregame. Yeah, it felt a little passive aggressive, I got to say. Yeah. But I do think we got some good combinations mm-hmm. out there when all, all was said and done. And for the most part, I was pleased with who we got to see. Uh, we did get to see Morgan Frost with Owen Tippett again, who played together pretty successfully last year. And they added Ollie Lixell to that yeah. line, which I thought was a really smart thing to do. Um, all guys that are slightly more seasoned, right? And so they really should be able to pick things up quicker over the course of the game. And, you know, on the defensive side of things, I thought it was interesting uh, having Cam York and Ronnie Adder together, uh, maybe mm-hmm. a glimpse into what the future could look like. And then I think two guys that are somewhat competing against each other in Zamula and Sealer as a defensive pairing. So, and of course, I love the law firm line, as I call it, with uh, Kate's, Kate's and Forster. Yeah. But, um, and of course, they provided a lot of fun with the Kate's brothers getting the two goals from the game. But I do think that despite maybe some of that little uneasiness with how the lineup came together, I do think the right guys played. Yeah, I think ultimately they had most of the right guys playing. Um, I'd have to look at the whole 71 to say if I disagreed or something, but I didn't dis- really disagree about who was in there. Um, and we, we did see some good things, but there are some players that really have to you know come through in this situation. And it's not even so much the guys who are trying to make the team, it's guys like Owen Tippett. Like he really does need to start scoring goals. Like if, you know, if you're not scoring in preseason, you know, then again, this is a new coach. Like who knows what John Tortorella is going to, you know, where he's going to put you. And, you know, I don't know what line he's going to end up on. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I do think it was nice first off i mean i know we had the rookie games against the rangers but that's a whole different animal than this and to see yet again you know it's one thing to see the flyers scrimmage against each other in practice but to see them play against a, a different team who's maybe a little bit faster in some areas to see how they respond to that and i i think kind of my biggest observation from the game is that they were really solid in terms of initial puck battles and stick work to try and like poke check the puck away. I thought they did a really nice job with that. The problem was the follow-up that a lot of times immediately thereafter, they didn't maintain possession or like the puck would come off the stick and they weren't able to really complete some sequences, but the battle was absolutely there. I think. No, battle's important. I mean, maintaining possession, though, and getting outshot, these were hallmarks of the team last year, and so far it even translated into this new group that they had out there, you know? So I look at that a little bit and say it's it's a mixed bag. I think you're right, though. At least the battle was there, so that's the, the positive side. But 
The other thing is, is one of the things that I had brought up that I had seen, again, I only saw clips from this game, but um, I still think that Ronnie Adder should go to the AHL because of the, it's the pace of the game to play defense. His offense is there, but you know, he had a couple of over the glass things and you know, he's not quite ready. Yeah. I think that with him in particular, it was, a a mixed bag that he had some really great plays and breakout attempts and good feeds you know yep. getting out of the zone um but he did have one horrendous shift uh that included the puck over the glass penalty and so he just needs to clean some of that up but the potential is absolutely oh, the there. potential's there no no yeah. question and, and i really think it's something that's doable with him um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, some guys are like, yeah, they just, there's no way they'll figure this out. But with him, I really feel confident that he will do it. Um, he did also get some power play time um, on power play two. And I thought he looked pretty decent there. Uh, yeah, he's good on the power play. That's, that's what his bag is, so to speak. Um, I think that obviously that game was kind of a mess in terms of lack of five on five overall in the game. Yeah. Both teams were kind of sloppy in terms of Well, the of Bruins, that. to be fair, played fewer players that are known than the Flyers, it seems. They did. They did. Uh, but the, the PK was six for six. And I got to say, it looked pretty good mm -hmm. out there. Um, I, I was interested in particular in Morgan Frost spending time. He had time on the power play and the penalty kill. It looked like they were trying him out in a bunch of different situations. And I think he really, for the most part, rose to the occasion. Yeah, I saw the the, the pass on the five on three. That looked great. Um, I do think he rose to the occasion. He's been working on his game away from the puck and those other things. So to me, there's... I expect him to have a good preseason. And to me, there's no reason now, especially with, with the injuries, that there's, how could he not make the team? Like, that would be a complete shock. So, you know, that looked that looked really good. Uh, again, Noah Cates, how could he not make the team? Like, to me, that would be an impossibility at this point if it were me. But, again, it's not me, so I don't know. Yeah, we're going to talk more about Noah Cates and goaltending and the rest of what we saw coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about Athletic Greens. I want to take a moment to talk to you about Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and Haiti taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, and focus. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Athletic Greens supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop into a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, easy Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. 
to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Jumping back in to Saturday's preseason opener and Noah Cates. Yeah, just really, I think, far and above some of the the other guys out there. And again, he got that power play time, um, scored on the five on three. And it, it just felt like he was doing all of the right things and, and really focusing on, you know, being that playmaker that he is, but he wasn't afraid to take a, a couple of shots here and there too, which I think he needs to do a little more of, but um, I think that'll just come with time and confidence at the NHL level. Yeah, it will. Um, what's interesting about Noah Cates is, and again, he, you know, he's slightly older than some of the guys in this game and right around the same age as others. Like if I, if you were going to ask me to start the season or at least the first half of the season, Who's going to score? Who would score more points, Noah Cates or Morgan Frost? I would say Noah Cates, and I would say it because just he plays. He he's not like fancy. He doesn't have all this finesse in his game, but he's always around the puck and he's smart and he just seems to have the puck on his stick a lot. And I don't think he gets talked about enough as far as what offense he does produce. I'm not expecting you know seventy five points out of him ever. But, you know, maybe 50. and But he's 50, but he also plays smart out there, too. So, like, that combination is something the Flyers desperately need. Like, he he reminds me of a Scott Lawton, but he a guy who could produce a little better than Scott Lawton. Yeah, that's, that's a really apt comparison, I think. Uh, I'm really excited to see what his trajectory looks like for this upcoming season. Um, a couple of guys that we had talked about, in the rookie series and in, about training camp, et cetera, was Ali Lixel and Tanner Lazinski in terms of them need, needing to step it up a little bit. And I think while like neither one of them were flashy, they made some really good plays, both of them in terms of carrying the puck through the neutral zone and setting up things and just really good away from the puck as well, especially Lixel. I just thought he had he had some real good creativity and was a really good puck mover. I think Tanner Lazinski, he it took him a little bit longer to warm up, but once he did, um, again, just a solid game. Nothing flashy, but solid. And I think that's kind of what you would expect from these guys. Yeah, I think um, with Lixel, uh, he does have that age factor. He's been playing against men, and it shows. Like he's got that extra gear sometimes offensively. He's good with the puck. There's things that you really like about him. So when I look at him, I say, yeah, I could see him fitting in. We kind of saw that in camp. Like, all right, Ollie Lixel's been kind of maintaining this trajectory, and it's finally here, it seems. So, you know, that's good. He could be a really good complimentary player. What's interesting now with Patrick Brown being out, um, Tanner Lisinski could really be the 4C, and I hope – that he gets the long look at that because the more that he's comfortable, he's a very smart player. He he can get you some points, um, but he really is a good meat and potatoes guy and he's very strong. And this is a big opportunity for him now with Brown out. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And I would be absolutely thrilled if he got that spot. He struggled so much with injuries and the yes. like, and to, to come into this season and be healthy and get that shot uh, would be absolutely extraordinary for him. 
I, I also do want to touch on Tyson Forrester. Um, he tied for the most shots on goal in the game with Ronnie Adder. They each had five. Um, again, a little bit of a slower start, but came on as the game progressed and made a couple of signature Forrester moves, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, in the third per- period, he had a really great move to get open for a shot on goal while he was like literally falling to the ice um, while making a cut across the net. And that's exactly what you want to see from him, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want to see a lot of shots from him. And I probably differ from some others where I'm thinking, I still think it's better for him to start in the AHL, let him start mm-hmm. scoring and build his confidence. But these are good these are good games for him because he can handle it for the most part. But again, if he goes a long stretch without scoring, you don't want him to bring that into the season or if he's not, you know, producing enough. But the fact that he's shooting a lot is very encouraging. I want to talk about goaltending as well, because I thought we saw a two different but pretty successful goaltending performances from Felix Sandstrom and Troy Grosnick. Uh, Sandstrom played the first half of the game with 17 for 17, no goals let in. And um, he looked really comfortable out there. His side to side was was really good. It was tracking yeah. the puck really well. I would say like there was a few times where he let out some rebounds that maybe shouldn't have been. And so it led to some scrambling in front of the net. But overall, I thought he he played really well. And especially with the Flyers being on the PK for a good chunk of his time out there, I thought he handled it really well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with, with Sandstrom. I, I feel like no matter how Grosnick does, Sandstrom should win the job. But Grosnick is the guy who's more experienced. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, organizationally, it's really better if Sandstrom wins the job so Urson can play a lot of games in Lehigh. If Grosnick mm-hmm. wins the job, it really fouls up Urson's development a bit because then Sandstrom's going to take more games. That's just me thinking, looking forward, but I do like Sandstrom a lot. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right there with the depth and, and how that would play out. I thought Grosnick uh, was a bit scrambly, but he did have to come in halfway through the game cold. So that may just have taken him a little bit to settle mm-hmm. in. But I thought he had good tracking. And since he had played against a lot of these guys or with a lot of these guys on the other team right. uh, before, you know, obviously he knew some of their moves, but that could have affected things. I, I do think, though, that he looked pretty comfortable out out there and you know as much as i hope he would be in lehigh valley uh i think that if he's the guy at least you know in this very 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 small sample size uh so far so good but i want to see more of him yeah we'll cross fingers on that one yeah i, I do want to talk briefly about the pto guys with anisimov and roussel who played in this game and anisimov got double the ice time of Roussel. So I think that while Anisimov, I thought he was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he got some power play time mm-hmm. later in the game. Um, you know, he was physical, but not overdoing it. I, I think, you know, it's hard to say at this point, I need him more in an NHL NHL game before I make a decision. I just thought the ice time differential between the two was really interesting. Yeah. I think the issue here for me is if you're going to put Scott Lawton on the on the top line as a winger, then Anisimov's going to get that other contract. If you're not going to do that, then Roussel is going to get that other contract. Like it's probably going to go Could that be. way. Um, what I don't like is, and again, it's good that Wade Allison sticks up for his teammates. And I don't know what Roussel did, 
But again, I did talk about the fact that when you have him out there, you have to defend for some of the junk that he does out there. And I don't think this team needs that. I just don't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were two fights in that game. You mentioned one of them with Wade Allison. Uh, it was certainly fun for the crowd to see. Oh, yeah. and, and They're going to average a fight a game. They're, they're yeah, going. I think so. Uh, poor Hayden Hodgson, though, man, because the there was so much special teams action going on. And he's a five on five guy. He's not yeah. a special teams guy. So he kind of got uh, the short end of the stick, so to speak, with ice time there. But he made the best of it and uh, got into that little scrap, which I thought he did pretty well in. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's got to do anything he can to get noticed. Um, the odds of him making it are slim to none. And I think Slim left the building. All right, we are going to wrap up next. We've got a lot to talk about with a few notes from training camp outside of the game. We've got Russ's report from the USHL Fall Classic and our nemesis of the week. All right, I attended... Uh, practice on Friday. Uh, Bradshaw was running the drills and then Torts came in and ran the bag skates at the end and it was rough. But I I will say that again, you know, with Torts not running the bulk of practices and not coaching behind the bench, I think that combination, you're right, Russ, that it's really a missed opportunity for some of these guys to work more directly with John Tortorella. Yeah, I'm just going to give you the opposite. I, I'm I'm here in Pittsburgh. I'm at the Penguins practice facility where they're having the USHL games. So I am peeking in and seeing what's going on in Penguins practices. And they're doing it completely different than John. John's doing it completely different than everybody else in the sense that the order he's doing it in and how he's doing it. And, you know, Mike Sullivan is, you know, touching all those players, you know, and We'll see. We'll see whose method is better, but we know who's got a pretty good track record. And Mike is, you know, his former assistant. So it's kind of interesting if you ask me. Yeah. I do want to call out one guy at practice that stood out to me, and that was Tyler Savard. Mm -hmm. He's one of the camp invites. And I I think that uh, in the scrimmage, again, you have to take it with a giant grain of salt because they're playing against each other and it's a different atmosphere but he was really doing everything he could in every single shift and for me you know to have watched three different versions of the scrimmage and two and a half versions of the practice session for me to notice him every time he was out there in that huge crowd I thought was kind of a big deal that he really was uh, going that extra mile in practice. And I'll be interested to see if he gets rewarded in, in any way with the Flyers organization. And, and I hope it continues for him because he did look, look really good. Yeah. He's got some speed. I remember his puck handling is pretty good. He's got a good hockey background. That's good. I mean, that that's only a positive. All right. So uh, what's going on at the fall classic, Russ? Yeah. So, you know, the USHL teams are here playing the start of their season. And, you know, the first day I'm seeing like five games a day, I think it was, Um, you know, now we're down to three games a day. Uh, But a couple players, uh, Cambriere is here and he is a 2024 eligible. I got to say the skating looks good. He, you know, he's playing up in age right now. You know, there's still some O2s in this league. So you got to keep that in mind. So I, I like the stick handling. I His shot's pretty good. He's still trying to find his way, though. Like offensively, 
you know, you could tell it's like guys aren't necessarily going to feed him the puck, even though if they feel like he has the talent, he's going to have to like kind of earn that from him. So we'll see how he is midseason. It's going to take a little while since he's, you know, a little bit younger. Um, but Alex Bump is here as well. And he played against the NTDP. So there's really no bigger opponent. And he played great. Like he, he scored a uh, game tying goal. He was physical. His skating is still a bit of an adventure. It really hasn't gotten much better yet, but he still could be one of those guys. You know, it's funny. He, um, he, when you look at him out there, like size wise and such, he kind of reminds you of like Connor Bunneman, but he's got um, better North South game than Bunneman. Bunneman mm. used to have to be around the net to score. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Bump was very offensively motivated, but he did cover in the D zone and he was plastering guys on the board. So very engaged, looked really good. Um, the only thing is he's got to keep his stick down more. He's one of these guys that's almost like breaking into the offensive zone and calling for the puck. But if you don't have the stick down, they're not going to pass it to you. So I, I'd like to see him do a little better with that. But otherwise, I give him high marks. He had a really good game. That is really good to hear. Always like it when uh, lower draft picks mm -hmm. kind of show themselves uh, a little bit later after they are picked. Yeah, and he's getting uh, top power play. He was getting everything. Our nemesis of the week, if you are newer to our program, every Monday we look at what's going on in the Flyers world and talk about what is really irritating to us at that moment in time. Last week we talked about the Torts training camp, and that was more of an anticipatory element. Now that we are in it, it's still the Tortorella training camp for me, just because now that I've seen it in person and watching you know, especially the way the schedule worked out, there would be a scrimmage. And then one of those two groups would continue directly into a practice session that ended with a bag skate. That was just like, it was brutal. And I, I could feel the exhaustion and I was just sitting there next to yeah. them. So, and then, you know, just with the game on Saturday night, some of those guys that played on Saturday night were in the early session of practice Sunday morning. Like it is an absolute gauntlet. I don't mind stuff like that, but the 27-minute bag skate makes no sense because not using pucks that day is a lost day. Like, you only have 18, 18 days in camp. It's not that a long camp. That was just the first day. No, I know, but it's a lost day because making guys do that, yeah, you might be proving your point, but you're not – it's not making you in better condition. You're not going to get in better condition in two days. You had to come in there in good condition. You know what I mean? So it's just sort of setting like, setting like this me mental bar – I spoke to people here about it, you know, different people and, you know, different scouts and other things. It got bad reviews. Like, you know, they just basically it's just like it's like that's torts. And so we're going to be saying that a lot this year. That will be uh, on both of our lips. I absolutely believe that. All right. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. We're going to give it to Jackson Cates for his tip-in goal that was the game winner on Saturday night. He was in the right spot at the right time. It was a good shot by Zamula that he redirected into the net and like, good for him. Uh, again, love it when the Cates brothers do good things. Yeah, me too. I mean, will Zamula get any credit for it though? It seems like nobody's talking about him. I'd like more people well, to talk about him. I just did. You so. just did. But I would like that. But, yeah, I'm happy for Jackson Cates. I think he's really um, trying to, you know, make a stamp on this organization. Good for him. 
All right. Uh, just a quick programming note with uh, Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish holiday. Uh, we will not be recording an episode on Monday for Tuesday. So we will be back on Wednesday. We're going to talk about that Sabres preseason game and the upcoming Caps game, which is going to have a change in coaching. So that'll be an interesting kind of transition as as part of camp, we'll talk about any cuts or news from training camp. And if you have any questions about training camp or the Flyers going into this season, we always want to hear from you. So send in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. So stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.